0: Down the back street on D's I got my Glock cocked, cause niggas want these No soon as I said it, seems I got sweated By some nigga with a Tech 9 trying to take mine You wanna make noise, make noise I make a phone call, my niggas coming like the Gotti Boys Bodies being found on Greenleaf With the fucking heads cut off Motherfucker, I'm Dre So listen to the play-by-play, day-by-day rollin' in my phone with 16 switches And got sounds for the bitches
1: ¿Qué pasó? Bienvenidos a Life in Paradise podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Harper. Today's May 5th, 2022. It's about 84 degrees outside. Typical springtime in South Texas. I've been doing chores all day and I am done. The last thing on my list said record, edit, and post podcast. And here I am at 4.30 doing exactly that. If you haven't checked out my YouTube channel, please do so. You can find it on YouTube, maybe if you search Brandon Harper. I, I don't have many views yet, but if you search Brandon Harper Joe Biden, you might get it. If not, email me at brandontheharper@gmail.com at gmail.com and I'll send you a link. Boy, this YouTube thing ain't no punk, man. It takes some work. You gotta do your research. Gotta look good for the camera. You gotta do your editing. Mm, man, it's no punk. Anyway, you didn't come to hear me bitch about YouTube. I can do that on my own. Thanks for tuning in Life in Paradise podcast. I'm a regular dude with a regular job and tons and tons of opinions. So I come here about once every week or so to get them off my chest. You may not agree with them all and that's okay. One thing we all need to work on is disagreeing without being disagreeable. It's fun to make fun of people and joke around. But when it comes to communicating one-on-one, it's always best to treat people respectfully. Today's going to be a good show. I've got some good things to talk about. Sit back, relax, and give me the password to your brain for about the next thirty to forty five minutes. Your bitch in my shit, it's your bitch you check, nigga. Don't let the Chevrolet slide
0: as I dip and make a trip to the south side. Yeah, rolling in my six foot. <laughs> what all the bitches saying?
1: Welcome back. Welcome, welcome. Like I mentioned in the intro, which I do not do pre-recorded intros, in case you didn't know. It's springtime. Spring has sprung. One of the things I did today was plant myself a little garden. And I say little on purpose, because if you've never planted a garden, you're going to plant a big garden, and then you're going to regret it. Because when I hear the word garden, I hear the word work. (laughs) So this year, I got like seven five-gallon buckets going. And this will be my first time to grow stuff in five-gallon buckets, but I know one thing. I will not have to be down on my hands and knees pulling out weeds. Worst-case scenario, I put the bucket on the tailgate, and I pick the weeds from the tailgate. But you didn't come to hear me talk about buckets and crops. You came here to hear my opinions, and that's what you're about to get. Here's a great Joe Biden clip to start things off. I know we haven't had many of these lately. I'm just kidding. We have these every single week. And I'll be honest with you, normally if Wednesday or Thursday rolls around and I don't have a clip for the show, I kind of think, okay, they're, they're pulling him back, they're not letting him get in public so much, so we're not, they're not going to have a clip for this week's show. But then again, out of nowhere, boom, they drop one on me. It happens every time. I have noticed that Kamala has not been in public much. Word around the campfire is that she has now lost 13 staffers. This has got to be a record. It's got to be. All right. Here's uh, here's Joe Biden. And, man, I tell you, it's, uh, it's getting to the point, you know, where I'm, I may have to stop making fun of this guy. Uh, it's getting bad. It really is. And so, I don't know. I'm starting to feel worse and worse for the guy. But if he wasn't such a punk, if he didn't talk down to people – and speak to them so condescendingly, then maybe I'd ease up on him. You know, if he was just a an innocent old man that wasn't all sniffy with girls, especially young ones, and he didn't talk to blue-collar workers like they were less than, you know, if it wasn't for all that, I might ease up. So I'm probably not going to. If you want someone who's going to be real sweet to the president who's propped up in a puppet of Obama and Clinton, you're probably at the wrong place. All right. Here we go. I'm going to play this from the top. I don't know what he's doing. He's sitting in front of some fake bookcase with a bunch of books behind him. That I, I, bet you, I bet you Joe Biden has not read a book in 25, maybe 30 years. That's my guess. We'll never know. We'll never know. Maybe his wife, Dr. Biden, reads to him every night. All right, here we go. Here's my man trying his hardest to be the president. We're going to seize their yachts their luxury homes and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocratic. What? Oh, uh, uh, what? Yeah. Uh, he he literally stopped and said, yeah, I've never seen him capitulate. I've never seen him give up in the middle of a stumble.
0: Be nice. He stutters.
1: All right. Here we go again. Here we go. From the top. Of uh, Putin's kleptocratic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kleptocracy. Try again. Nope. The one guys minute. who are the kleptocracy. There you go. You know what he sounds like? Remember the old foghorn, leghorn. I'll I, I, I say it. Oh, the club. The club. Klept, the club. The, the guys who are the kleptocracy. That's where we got. That's our president. All right. So I got to hear it one more time. Just one more time, and I'm going to let it go all the way through. Gotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. <laughs> kleptocracy, and klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> there you go, laugh. All still but these laughing. are bad guys. All right. This legislation strengthens our law enforcement. You hear but that? These are bad guys. This legislation strengthens. This legislation strengthens. Guys, this legislation strengthens our law enforcement capabilities to seize property linked to Russia's kleptocracy. There you go. He nailed it on the last one. Kleptocracy 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 i bet you they brief him like a little five-year-old like a little a little child who's going go to go to to acting they just make him repeat the word kleptocracy 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 klepto and he probably oh man i don't know i don't know what's worse the fact that he's our president or the fact that y'all elected him Any 81 million y'all 81 million of y'all you see when I run my words together, I correct them because I know what happened. Hello, Biden. Anyone home? Anyone home, Biden? Are you in there? Are you in there? Remember, it's kleptocracy. Try it one more time. Come on, try it for me. Uh, Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Yeah. Kle- <laughs> okay. There you go. There's today's clip. If you're hey, listen, hey, this is just my opinion. You may think that Joe Biden's sharp as attack and that everyone goes too hard on him and that he's, he's sharper than everyone says. And you know what? That can be your opinion. That is perfectly fine with me. You do not have to agree with me. You don't have to agree with the fact that I think his brain's mushy and that we're about to see an extreme, and that we're about to see an extremely elevated decline. He is about to go into, there's no, direction other than down. His bad days are becoming more frequent. His words are becoming more mushy, and his thoughts are becoming more inconcise. There could not be a worse leader than I can think of. Well, there, there could be, but we have put the worst person on the world stage that we possibly can, and I cannot wait for the midterm elections because they're going to get trounced. Democracy and club... The guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> All right, moving right along. You've heard enough of him. Uh, agree or disagree, that's just my opinion. Speaking of hilarious behaviors, you know what's a new phenomenon? What's a new behavior is social media behavior. And I say this because I've recently gotten sucked back into the black hole of Twitter. I know, I know. It was about a year or two-year break that I was off, and it was, it was rather nice, but I'll admit it feels good to be back. It feels good to be back knowing that all the people that I'd like to read their tweets from and, and want to listen to, and the types of people who go hard on the government and question all these things that we're told to do, the, the types of people are no longer being shadow banned. And it's going to get even better. And I really think we're about to see a reckoning. I think we're about to see some, some crazy results in the elections. I think people have had enough of the censorship and the nonsense thinking that we can we can make policy to protect people's feelings or that we should do that because remember laws are just to maintain order. And it makes me happy to see how mad some of these people are that their protections are about to be taken away. You know what I picture? I picture like a little whiny brat child and he's always screaming and every time you, you go near him to correct him, he just cries and screams and whines. And his parents make excuses for him all the time. And they say, oh, he's hungry. Oh, he's tired. And they just give him a reason to just whine and bitch and scream and yell. And they never, ever, ever hold him accountable. So this is what I feel like these people are. And what's about to happen is we're about to walk up to him and say, hey, 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 hey. Stop Stop screaming. Stop whining. It's going to be okay. And they go, no, you don't tell me what to do. And then you, you reach for them, and they slap your hand away, and they say, stop. And then you just grab them, and you, you do what, whatever you're allowed to do to kids. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. And he's just screaming and crying, and there's no one there to help him, and there's no one there to bail him out, and you just pin him down, and you hold him there until he quits crying and he realizes that he can't do anything to you and you're not going to do anything to him, he just needs to shut up. And that that's that's what's about to happen with Twitter. And I like it. But a new behavior is this the ability to to comment on other people's comments and thoughts knowing that you'll never have to see them in person. It brings about a new a new release of dopamine, and I've talked about that before, but it's a new feeling or the the way that we communicate with people that we know we don't know and we know that we will never know them and we know that we'll never see them in person. And it used to make me mad. I used to get all mad about it. But then I kind of realized, why would I let these people who chances are don't know much about much? Now, I'm not saying that I do. I'm just saying that the most people who spew politics and spew civil whatever whatever social justice now they don't have an understanding of economics or the way that our economy works or finance or 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 small business or things like that so I've learned to not value their opinions when it comes to certain things now if we're going to talk about like which actors perform best or we're going to talk about the different types of sewing equipment or we're going to talk about, you know, there's lots of things that that I don't know a lot about. And so I'm happy to listen to anyone, regardless of their political affiliation or their, their moral compass or whatever. But when it comes to politics and it comes to policy and it comes to economics, most people really don't have a clue what's going on. And so I can apply that same theory to Twitter. Most of these people who are screaming don't know what's going on. So I've learned to kind of just take it with a grain of salt. I've kind of become a little bit of a troll. I, you know, what are my great joys in life? And please don't, please don't tell anyone this, is to kind of like poke at people for my own amusement without them knowing that I'm poking at them. And I know a lot of people say, That's so mean. You shouldn't
0: ever mess with people.
1: And I don't really care what people think. Most of the time it's in good fun. I do it to the people that I'm close to as well. So take that. But going back to my point, which I sometimes struggle with staying on on my point, is that this new behavior is about to shift a little bit. It's gonna shift whenever people get allowed or or people regain the ability to, to speak without censorship on Twitter. And you're seeing the numbers change of, of followers. Like Ted Cruz the other day reported that he picked up two hundred thousand followers in four days. And so what it's obvious to me what's happened is that they've been suppressing, they haven't been showing uh, users actual followers because they want it to look like they have a smaller base and now since elon's coming in there with guns ablazing, they know he's going to start digging and looking at all the algorithms and there's going to be some dirt that comes out at least i hope so i hope he comes out with all the dirty secrets that twitter's had and they even had to lock down the code they say okay no one can mess with the code uh no one can see what's going on in there because um You know, we want to, we want to maintain privacy and, and really they're worried about two things, their dirty secrets getting out or their employees going rogue and putting a bunch of stuff in there that's not supposed to be there. Either way, both make me kind of happy. Both make me kind of happy. So in thinking about the, the behavior shift in, in social media, you know, I think back to someone from like the 1930s or forties and I walk up to him. And I say, hey, let me explain to you how this works. There's this thing called Twitter. And you proceed to explain to them the the concept. I feel like they would just be like, wait a minute. You have time to sit and argue with people that you don't know? (laughs) And you let their opinion affect the way you feel about anything? Because this is the guy. I don't have time to do that. I'm a, I got to plant my crops and tend to them and make sure my mules have food and make sure the kids get to school and the wife makes candles, <laughs> whatever. That probably wasn't in the fifties, but that was in the 1800s. So you get my idea though, as, as time progresses, we have more free time. We have the ability to do things that didn't make sense in the past because our, our time becomes more accessible. We can do more with it because things are faster and they're more efficient. But that doesn't mean that they weren't right back then. I still agree with the guy from 100 years ago. Who has time to sit around and argue with people that you don't know? And you don't know what they do or don't know. And because of all that, you shouldn't take it seriously. But to admit that it doesn't supply a dopamine rush would be just straight up silly. I love all these people that are saying, I'm going to leave Twitter. I'm going to quit when Elon takes it over. I don't want to be part of all that. Okay, dude, you're going to go to Canada too when Trump wins? Because, yeah, they all said that. You know, they can't quit. They're addicted to the dopamine just like everybody else. And that's what's funny to me. That they're addicted, they want to leave, and they can't. It's like fentanyl to them, you know? There's no source of conflict in their life. They don't have the ability or the guts to challenge anyone in person. So the only place that they could get their point across is a platform where you're anonymous. Week. Speaking of weak, I'm sure everyone's heard, but they're talking about appointing, maybe they already did, this woman named Nina Jankowicz to some board that's supposed to be in charge of filtering out misinformation. Now, misinformation is just another word for fake news. And I think it's funny that, when the right screamed fake news, fake news, fake news, they didn't ask anyone to determine it. They didn't ask, hey, can someone go through all this fake news and just make sure that it's it's really fake or that it's real so that they can protect us? No. we The, the right just said, hey, that's crap. That's crap. That's a lie. Now, the, the, the left is doing the same thing, and they've given it the name misinformation or disinformation. Okay, so... Instead of them saying, that's fake, that's fake, that's fake, they're smart enough to put together a little group. And what this group is going to do is this group is going to make sure that there's nothing that's fake out there. And I just cringe. I cringe when I see this person. Look, look, I don't know. She, she sings these songs. This is uh, Nina Jankowicz, the, the person that they've appointed or that, that, that they're going to appoint as the head of the board of misinformation just listen she puts these songs out there trying to make her point and it's like i don't know i'm sick of these people talking to us like we're freaking children we're not children we're grown adults stop singing songs and reading stupid coloring books listen just listen
0: wandering is really quite ferocious it's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in congress or a mainstream outlet so disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious it's how you hide a little idle lie. It's how you hide a little idle lie. It's how you hide a little idle lie when Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine. Or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain. They're laundering disinfo when we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. Oh, information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet so dis. Information's origin seems likely less atrocious.
1: What are we doing? What what we're, we're picking people to lead the country that sing Mary Poppins songs on, on YouTube about their about their point. Now, come on. Now, I'm not saying people can't be artistic. I'm not saying people can't be creative, but strong leaders. And, and I could be wrong. I could be absolutely wrong. Strong leaders don't sing songs to get their points across. Strong leaders make their points and people listen to them because they're leaders and they produce followers. Now, This woman was appointed to Biden's czar of misinformation. He's got some board dreamed up in his head. Well, he doesn't, but the people behind him do. And they named this lady. She's like an author. She was the one who came out right when Hunter Biden's laptop broke before the election and said, that's
0: all Russian disinformation and we don't even need to believe it.
1: So we're going to put her in charge of misinformation when Now we know that Hunter Biden's laptop was real, and it wasn't the Russians. It was him, because he's a loser, scumbag, drug addict. And so here we are, begging for someone to make the scaries go away. You know what? Why don't we have someone that wants to find middle ground? Why don't we put someone in that position who's got a history of being nonpartisan and who's really motivated to find the truth? Now, I don't think we should have anyone. I think that we should filter through the nonsense so that we can learn how to filter through the nonsense. But if we're going to put someone in place, and you you talk about unity, unity," you're going to talk about unity, you can't put someone there who makes child songs about the people that they vote against. And this is the most cringe situation I've ever seen in my life. 43 years, I've never seen someone put into a position that has the ability to govern speech that is so blatantly against one party. And I'm not saying you should be terrified, but maybe you should be terrified. good thing is we're starting to push back. The people like me who are sick and tired of people telling people what they can and can't say are starting to speak up, and it's a good thing. We need to pull the pendulum back. Our country was built in the middle of a game of -of tug-of-war. And for the longest time, people have just been taking it. They've just been sitting back and going, well, I don't want to lose my job. Or they won't go to the school district and speak up because, well, I don't want anybody to make fun of my kids at school, so I just, I'm going to just call on the radio and bitch there. No, speak up. Speak your mind. If you're not willing to speak your opinions, then shut up and don't say anything. But whatever you do, don't put people like Nina Jankowicz in charge of anything other than Sunday school. And while I'm feeling extra ranty about social media, I'm going to fill you guys in on something that happened with our Facebook page at New Asus Brewing Company. We have our credit card stored on file because we typically pay for advertisements or to boost our posts or whatever. It's part of our, our marketing plan. And recently, somehow or another, somebody was able to hack into an account from our social media manager and go in and use our credit card to promote some other type of sale. And I'm not going to lie. I I kind of, after this situation went down, I was kind of happy for her to, to see that Facebook was not there for the users. And maybe she knew that. I don't know. But I feel like a lot of young people who are into social media don't really understand the business concept of Facebook. The way that Facebook makes money is advertising. That's pretty much it. So all these ads that pop up in your feed People, people pay for those. And so the, co- the consumers who is us, the people who look at Facebook, they make, they make no money off them directly. You know, that they make money off the people that advertise. So when users have a problem, they don't care. Facebook doesn't care. There's a huge long log of, of people having issues. Well, why do they need to service them? They're just users. They really need to make sure that the people who pay their bills get taken care of. So our account got hacked. They used our credit card to fund some other campaign. Right now I think they've been working on getting our money back for like I don't know, 3 weeks. A, a message was put into them, their their technical team, and they don't even respond for like a week, you know? It's like they don't they don't care. They don't care about us. We only spend $1,000 a month. But what it boils down to, it's a business decision for Facebook. They have to say, well, we can bring on this many more people and we can respond in a faster time. But are we going to make any more money? Is it, is it worth it for us to invest money to have people here that can respond faster when it's not going to increase our revenue? I mean, if you don't advertise with Facebook, which is Facebook and Instagram, right? Isn't that right? Yeah, which is Facebook and Instagram. Where are you going to advertise? How are you going to advertise on social media? So they've got the whole market cornered. Now, I say whole market, 90% of it, they've got it cornered. If you're not advertising on Facebook or Instagram, you're probably not advertising on social media. And so they've got to look at the numbers and make a decision. And it's clear to me that they don't care. It's not worth it for them to add any type of customer service or any type of user support. So it's just another reason why I freaking hate them. And I would love to see Facebook go the way of MySpace. I'm, I, I, think they will. I think Facebook itself will. Now, if little Zucker boy can pull something out of the hat for for Meta, you know may, maybe he'll change the world with that. But as far as Facebook goes, man, I'm ready for the funeral. Speaking of MySpace, a lot of you guys know that I'm always talking about the future and comparing it to the past. And I got another thing I want to break down. Think about explaining an iPhone. And I know I was like, I've already thought of that. We we, we already talked about this, but. If you explain an iPhone to a pioneer, someone from, let's say, 1872, before you can start explaining the iPhone, you have to say, well, first, there's going to be this stuff called electricity, and then you've got to go forward, and you've got to add all the things that come after electricity to get you to the iPhone, and there's a lot of things there, right? So, if you think about that and how many steps we had to take to get from wagons and horses to the iPhone and today in 2022. And it's typical that we lose sight of the big picture. We, we see technology happening in front of us and we appreciate it and we use it, but we don't think about what it's like without it because we get used to it. And so I was thinking about the other day, the year 2172, which will be exactly 150 years from now. And so it's hard for us to imagine what it will be like because of the a lot of the technology that will go into making what the future is, hasn't been invented yet. And to me, that's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing because, you know, we think about, like, we, we got electricity. We figured out indoor plumbing. We figured out how to pave roads. There's all kinds, solar power. I mean, all kinds of things we figured out. And it's like, it's harnessing new forms of energy. It's transporting energy. And so there could be something like matter recreation where we figure out how to take a 3D scan of something, transmit it in the form of light, and rebuild it somewhere else. And I know that seems crazy right now, but it's just as crazy as having a little tablet in your hand that's electronic that can produce every sort of picture and color and video and phone and all of the information you could ever need, all in the palm of store money, you know? And so there's lots of things that seem unreal. But I know for sure, and I don't know for sure, but I'm, I would be willing to bet in 150 years – there won't be many humans doing manual labor. It'll be all robots. Or, or, like I've always said, we need to train monkeys to do manual labor, but that's an unpopular opinion. So I don't think monkeys will do it. I think it'll be robots. We dang sure won't be driving ourselves around in cars. You know? I feel like someone... I, I always picture, like, a grandfather in the year 2172, and he's, like, 60 years old, and he's explaining to his grandson... Now, you know, in your grandfather's day, they had to get in the car and drive themselves. And he was like, what do you mean by that? He would say, well, they had these, they were on tires. They rolled over the road. And the guy, you had to get in there, and you had this little thing that's like a key. And it was it was like, uh, it was the equivalent of your password. And so you had to put your key in this hole and turn it and crank the engine. And you always had to put gas in it and keep putting oil in it. And they always break, and people would crash all the time and your tires would wear out and you'd have to change your oil. Your brakes would fail. Imagine all the things that, you know, that's basically like us having the conversation about what it would take to to run a horse in a buggy. You know, you got this horse, you got to give him food. Got to keep saddles on him. Got to keep him protected. Got to make sure he's got water. You can't go on a trip without making sure his shoes are good. And so I think that driving is going to be a big one. I also think um that we'll have a big presence of Big Brother. And I hope, I hope I'm hope i wrong about that. I really do. I think the government's about to be terrified of of blockchain and cryptocurrency. And, you know, the other day, uh, Warren Buffett said that China got it right when they outlawed Bitcoin. And I've said it before on here, but I'm going to keep saying it because I, I like for people to remember these things and <laughs> hopefully repeat them. I, I picture someone at work, repeating what I say and then be like, where did you hear that? Oh, man, this this big old redheaded dude on a podcast named Brandon Harper. You should check him out. But as humans start to get replaced by robots, we're going to have a lot of humans and, and maybe nothing for them to do. Now, who knows? I could be wrong. Uh, the robot-building industry may be so intense that we need people. But my speculation is that pretty soon people will be replaced by robots. And then you'll have a robot tax. And you'll have to pay the government X amount of dollars per whatever X, you know, I don't know, it'll be maybe like um, X amount of dollars for every revenue dollar you have, or depending on the type of industry, right? There will be some expensive board that they have to build, they have to assemble a group of people in order to figure out how we're going to charge this robot tax, because the government is not going to miss out on their money. I guarantee you that. So there's either going to be a heavy tax when you buy the robot, or there'll be a heavy tax... You know, for the use of the robot, I don't know. I bet you they'll be equipped with some sort of monitor, and you have to pay the government by by the minute it worked, the minute the robot's working. And then you're going to have all these kinds of people who are trying to they try to try hack the robots. They try to build in code that, that tricks the government code. I don't know for sure. This is just my speculation, but bring me some robots, you know. I, I, I'll take robots any day of the week. I mean, if I can have a robot around my house to do my laundry wash the dishes let the dogs out when I'm not home do my laundry sign me up I mean who doesn't want help around the house the only reason we can't do it in the U.S. because everyone's so rich it costs so much money to pay someone to help you out and that's fine I'm okay with that just give me a robot another thing that I think that there will be stories of is pushing around a lawnmower I mean I know that it doesn't seem that archaic now but just what 50 60 years ago they didn't even have gas powered mowers so we'll see electric mowers then we'll see self-driving mowers and then the mowers will look totally different they'll be just a little box and there will probably be a very very safe way of cutting the grass to where that it you know makes sure that it can't run over some child's foot and then we'll need some commission to make sure that we have the right safety protocols in place for all of the robot lawnmowers you know this is just as technology advances so will the regulations. And in my opinion, those regulations are mainly in place to protect the government from losing out on tax revenue. And that's it. The Protections are always put in place to protect someone other than the consumer. It'll always be sold on the guise of,
0: well, we just want to protect the consumer.
1: But if you dig deeper, there's always someone else that stands to gain. So robot tax assessor... Board coming soon. All right. For my last trick, I want to talk a little bit about Warren Buffett, the Oracle of Omaha. If you don't know who Warren Buffett is, he's Jimmy Buffett's father. Jimmy, I'm just kidding. He's an he's a investor who's like 93, I think. I mean, he's old, old, old. But the guy is one of the most famous investors in the world. Little known fact is that he hasn't really gained a large chunk of his net worth until the last 30 years of his life. So he was grinding for a long time, and he just kept adding it back up, put it back on the table, leaving it in the market. He's a firm believer of just set it and forget it. Leave your money in the market, buy more stocks when you have more money, and don't touch anything. And so that works out well. It's a great strategy. He's done some aggressive things, but he doesn't advise people to go out there and pick individual stocks. But everyone clearly looks up to the guy and they should, you know, if someone's got a great track record of doing something for like 70 years, you should listen to them. Now we should also understand that when people say things that they don't know much about, we should say, no, well, we're not going to listen to them when it comes to that. And so every year Berkshire Hathaway, which is the company that, that Warren Buffett runs, and it's just an investment company. So All this company does is buy portions of other companies, but you can buy stock in Berkshire Hathaway. So I know it's kind of confusing, but people buy stock in this company. And then Warren Buffett is the main boss, man. He directs the money and the returns on that money is what determines whether or not Berkshire Hathaway is profitable. And so every year he has the annual shareholders meeting and every company does this, but they make a big deal out of Berkshire Hathaway's because Warren Buffett is such a, a vast bucket of knowledge that that there's so much you can learn from him. And it gives the shareholders, which is the people who own Berkshire Hathaway, the ability to ask him questions in person and hear, hear what he has to say about things. So I think this year in Omaha, Nebraska, which is where he's from, they had 44,000 people at the annual meeting and him and his sidekick, whose name is Charlie Munger. And man, I think Charlie Munger is like 99 or something. And I'm telling you, his glasses are about an inch and a quarter thick. Every time he looks up, I said, don't look at those lights, Charlie. They're going to set your eyes on fire. But anyway, Charlie doesn't say that much. And But Warren Buffett, man, I am surprised how sharp he is. You know, it's not about age. It's not always about age. His mind is active. He's stayed focused. He's worked. He's kept himself busy. And so, in my opinion, his mind is still there. Unlike our president... So between the, two guys, between the two of these guys on stage, they have like 180-something years of investment experience. And they, and they literally both started invest, investing when they were like 13. But anyway, they haven't put the whole thing up yet. It's like four hours long, and he does it every year. And what's really cool about it is that he's got uh, this right-hand gal. I think her name's Carol or, or someone like that. that. She's put together the report. For this annual shareholders meeting, every single year, and it's probably—I don't know—I'm just guessing. I know it's long, probably 100, 150 pages, and it breaks down. Here's what we invested in. Here's how much money we made. Here's how we lost money. Here's what we think that business is going to do going forward. And so there's a lot that goes into it. And I don't know. I, I'm just impressed by that—that that he's got one person, and I bet you she knows him like the back of her hand, which I think is really cool. And so. When he was asked about Bitcoin, I think he said something along the lines of, and man, if you're gonna watch the shareholder, you need to put it at like 4x or 5x, because they talk slow. And, you know, in typical old guy fashion, bless his heart, there's a lot more uh, 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 <laughs> between his answers, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. He doesn't stumble over his words. And all the data is still there. So he was asked about Bitcoin. And he said something along the lines of, I wouldn't buy all the Bitcoin in existence for $25. But I would buy 1% of all the farmland and I think 1% of all equities, which means stocks, or something like that. It was basically, you know, last year they got asked about it. And they said, it's rat poison squared. And so their their viewpoints aren't going to change. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. They've done what works for them. Why would they take the risk on something they know nothing about? I would probably be the exact same way if I was 90 something, but I'm not. So I see the value in having a completely autonomous monetary system with no centralized authority. I also see the downfalls. I see both sides, but I really wish that they would spend some time to actually understand it and maybe they could see the benefits of it. And so When you have all these people who are anti-Bitcoin saying, Warren
0: Buffett doesn't even like it, and it uses too much power.
1: Those are the kind of people who just trust everything that every expert has ever said. And if I've said it once, I'll say it again. We should always question everyone, even the experts. Even Warren Buffett. Even Warren Buffett doesn't know about Bitcoin. And it's okay. And that's why we should question him. Because he also said... Whenever Google started started climbing, he said, this is a bubble. It's going to pop. Google's never going to do anything. Looking back on it, he said that was the greatest mistake of his investment career, was not getting in on Google. I get it. We're human. We all make mistakes. Every investor misses something at some point. And you know what? Maybe he's right. Maybe I'm wrong. And maybe Bitcoin's going to go to zero. I don't think so. I've got a lot bet on the inverse of that. So we'll see how it shakes out. In no way, shape, or form do I ever say that I know more than Warren Buffett. But I do say that I bet you I've done far more time studying it and understanding it than he has. And so because of that, maybe, maybe I know a little bit more than this expert about one little teeny tiny thing. And if we take that right away from people to be able to express that or, or present those types of questions or discount someone because they're not as experienced as the person they're questioning is the minute we just become stagnant. Stagnant's a bad thing. If we become stagnant, we'll still be driving our cars on air-filled tires 150 years from now. And that's all I'm going to say about that. That's going to wrap up today's show. I'm going to get back to my chores. i got to figure out how to get some groceries here pretty quick without going to the grocery store. But I do appreciate you listening to Life in Paradise podcast, the only podcast on the interwebs has nothing to do with the title. Go out there, be brave, express your opinion, carry some shopping bags for an old person, question everything you see or read, don't get sucked into social media despair, pay your taxes, and most of all, keep it Trinky low.
0: Just waking up in the morning, gotta thank God, I don't know, but today seems kinda odd. No barking from the dog, no small. And mama cooked the breakfast with no hog. I got my grub on, but didn't dig out. Finally got a call from a girl I wanna dig out. Hooked it up for later as I hit the dough. Thinking, will I live another 24? I gotta go, cause I got me a drop top. And if I hit the switch, I can make the ass drop. Had to stop at a red light. Looking in my mirror, not a jacker in sight. And everything is alright I got a beat from Kim And she could do it all night Called up the homies And I'm asking y'all Which part are y'all playing basketball Get me on the court and I'm troubled Last week messed around And got a triple-double Freaking brothers every way like MJ I can't believe today was a good day the pad and hit the showers, didn't even get no static from the cowards, cause just yesterday them booze tried to blast me, saw the police and they roll right past me,
1: no flexing, didn't even look in a brother's direction as I ran the intersection,
0: went to show Dog's House, they was watching your MTV Raps, what's the haps on the crowd? Shake up, shake them up, shake them up, shake them. Roll them in a circle our like homies and watch me break them with a 7, seven eleven, seven. 11, 7 even back don't little.